This is the War Room Roundtable podcast, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant businessmen and women on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they've learned on the road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their successes into your life and business. The War Room Roundtable is brought to you by your hosts, Jason Miller, CEO of Strategic Advisor Board, and Philip Llanos, CEO of Own the Rhythm, and former podcast host for Entrepreneur and Inc. Magazine. Welcome to the War Room, Mandy. It's a pleasure to have you here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like we got off to a great start. I feel like there's good energy. You definitely carry your weight. I mean, as people can see, you got the mic. You're prepared for this. <laughs> so Jason and I are definitely serious stoked to business. have you on. Yeah, it's a serious stuff. Uh, our favorite question to kick things off with is always, do you yourself come from a family of entrepreneurs, working class professionals or creatives, anything of that nature? Yeah, my parents are both not entrepreneurs, but I come from a uh, lineage of grandpa entrepreneurs. So both of my grandpas on my mom's side and my dad's side were entrepreneurs. Interesting. We just talked to somebody today who says, for some reason, he skips believes a generation. it skips a really? generation. Yeah. That's yeah. funny. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Very yeah. interesting. Yeah. And uh, so it looks like that's sort of what's happening here because you yourself are actually a pretty avid entrepreneur in the sense. And, 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 uh, a modern one where you're traveling all the time. So I'm going to try and close this gap in the story here. So growing up, you, did you know about your grandparents and their entrepreneurialism or did you find that out later in life? I worked with them. So my grandpa, who I am actually in his condo, my late grandpa right now in Hawaii, uh, he, so he was a, a teacher part of his lifetime. And then he also owned a bunch of rental homes. And so he was very handy so he could build anything. He also had his own wood, uh, and woodwork business where he would carve things out of wood. Like he was awesome. He was a very talented man. And so I grew up working with him on the rental homes. So I would be painting, I would be on roofs, helping him with roofing. I would be cleaning these nasty walls that people, renters that don't take care of the, the rental properties. Right. I would be digging holes. I would be like, sweating profusely, like doing grunt work labor, uh, on his rental homes, re, you know, remodeling them, keeping them up. So I, that was my first job was actually working for him. And I worked from him till probably I was, you know, 14 all the way till when I went to college. Oh, wow. Okay. So work ethic yeah. is definitely not a problem. <laughs> no, I've been a little worker bee, uh, from, you know, a very young age. Okay. So where does, where does marketing start to come into Cause you know, most <laughs> yeah. people would have just gone like, okay, I'm going to go into real estate or what have you. Right. But you right. chose a different path. How does this happen? Yeah, it's happened by accident. I, I never set out to be an entrepreneur. Um, I never went to college to be an entrepreneur. Right. So I come from a family of teachers also. So teaching is in my blood, which is why I love even doing what we're doing now. Right. So like I literally right now for a living, I spend my days training uh, sales teams on LinkedIn, which I'm, I'm teaching. And I, and I love that. So I grew up wanting to be a school psychologist. So I went to uh, University of Kansas and I majored in psychology and Spanish and I lived in Spain and I wanted to be a bilingual school psychologist. Like marketing and entrepreneurship was nowhere in my path at all um, originally. But I thought I was too smart um, to study for the GRE to get into graduate school. I thought I, you know, I, I graduated. I was kind of a nerd um, I and an athlete. Like I, I did a lot. I, I'm an overachiever, right? So I graduated early from high school, thought I was super smart 
um, went to college, graduated early from college. And I was like, oh, I got this. I didn't. Yeah, I, I failed the GRE exam miserably. Okay. So, and then my ego as a little, you know, 20 year old got in the way and I said, like, oh, screw that. I I'm over it. Like, I'm just going to go get a job. Right. So like my trajectory completely changed overnight because of my ego, but it worked out. It worked out because like that got me into home improvement sales. And that's where the home improvement comes in. Like when you mentioned like, why do you go to real estate? I actually did go into home improvement right out of college um, with Sherwin Williams and then Anderson windows. Okay. So I was in sales for both those companies. And then I realized how terrible it is to work for someone <laughs> and how I hated it. And I hated pushing a clock and I hated having people tell me what to do. Um, so that's when I started and I've always been obsessed with computers and technology. So like the same grandparents that I was just telling you about, um, my grandma also very, uh, bright. Uh, my grandmas were also amazing business women too. Like I come from like both sets of grand grandparents were incredible on the business side, all of them. Okay. So I do have that in my blood, luckily. So grandma invested in me like in computer classes and like computer camp as a kid because I was fascinated with technology. So I was already kind of a nerd anyway. And so I just started researching ways to make money from a computer, ways to make money online, you know, when I realized I didn't like working for people. And that's how I got into marketing. Um, and I'm a psychology major. So marketing and psychology kind of go hand in hand anyway. Right. So I kind of fell in love with this idea of like, I can work from my house. This was in 2007, by the way, like right after I graduated college. And um, I started researching this. And I was like, you can make money sitting from my computer? Like, are you kidding me? This is amazing. This is like the wild, wild West days where like you could do black hat SEO and rank at the top of Google. <laughs> you know, like anything was possible. Like social media wasn't even really a thing. Like it, Facebook had just recently come out, you know, like no one even really used social for business at that point. It was all like black hat SEO tactics and Google AdWords, right? Oh, now man. the world is like completely different. So that's how I started. That's how I started off. Like I just discovered online marketing. I taught myself HTML and I taught myself SEO. I would build HTML websites from scratch. I would get them ranked in Google and they were all affiliate stuff. So I, I fell into the trap of like all these multimillionaire dudes with their Lamborghinis and their hot girls on the, on the pages. Like, you know what I'm talking oh, about, right? No. Like those gurus. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. Back in the day. And I bought their courses and I learned from them, you know, and like, here I am like a little bit worked, you know, most did it, but that's really how I got started. Honestly. I, I, I love it only because I, I understand because that's sort of how I got my start in digital marketing myself. Anyway, I mean, I eventually got a yeah. job at a marketing agency in New York, but it's very similar. Okay. I remember learning about, oh, uh, Los Angeles web designer was based on Los Angeles web designer school because of Los Angeles, like, you know, all that black hat, yes, SEO, just exactly. keyword stuff, a website yep. until Google changed the algorithm. And now yes. you actually have to make sense. Um, yes. And all those things, all those courses uh, from uh, you can get rich by if you buy 10 plane tickets the 11th one is free i don't know if you knew that <laughs> you can start a whole business by just planning trips for people you name it i get it it, it, was, yes. a, it was a crazy time to, it to come up on the internet and uh and not many people who are young were also like interested in computers at that time it was really like no they weren't. I was like the freak of all my friends. Like I remember being at parties. I'm not even making this up. Okay. This is how big of a dork I am, but it paid off. Right. I'm glad I'm proud to be a dork, but like I would be at parties and they would be partying or playing poker and I don't play poker. Yeah. And I vividly remember this like memory. I was in the basement 
a bunch of a bunch of bros, a few girls. They were all partying, <laughs> having a good time, and I was literally on the couch with my laptop building out an HTML site for a dating website that I was an affiliate for. Okay, and like everyone else is drinking and partying, and there's little Mandy, like you know, nerding away. And but I loved it. Like I, people thought I would. They're like, you're weird. Like, but I was like, this is awesome. Like I would much rather do this and play poker. You know, like I, yeah. I just became so fascinated with it. And then, and then I was like, I'm an idiot. WordPress exists. Why am I building HTML websites when there's something called WordPress? And then that just changed my entire world. Like when I found WordPress, I thought I had like hit the jackpot. I was like, oh, this is amazing. So then I started selling, started developing WordPress, WordPress sites and selling them, you know? And then I was like, oh, this is so much faster. Uh, right? That's funny. I have so. such a similar trajectory. Really? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. WordPress and like connecting it to the C panel through the file transfer protocol, yes. all that. No, I get yes. it. I, I get it. I get it. And then you learn you don't even have to do all that because now WordPress exactly. can host the templates directly, et cetera. Okay, so I, I'm yep. picking up what you're putting down. So <laughs> at some it. point, he's going to ask me. So I want to get your take. And I'm just going to say, I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Jason's I like, what it. the hell are you guys talking about? <laughs> I know we could probably talk for hours about this, man. I'm sure. So, so, yeah. Yeah. So I, I think it's fascinating though. If we go back to the narrative we're talking about, do you come from a family of entrepreneurs? It's clear that you have it in your blood. And more importantly, that you yourself are personally driven to some degree of success that just is on your own terms, which is yes. as millennial as things can get. And I don't say that word to <laughs> criticize. Like I, I'm, I'm no, there I know. too. Right. And so this is often the disconnect between the other, the, the generations on, on either side, right. Is why millennials, this is a great topic to bring up why millennials are the way they are or why this certain age group, let's say uh, are the way they are is because we saw a lot of things happening and realized that one of the only ways to maintain a shred of dignity, what we call dignity anyways, is to have some control over uh, how success becomes. Like from, yes. from the people we spend time with to the things we spend our time doing, right? 100%. Okay. Uh, and which is hard because there are, there's a whole generation of people going, yeah, well, you're not going to like everything that you do. And there are some things you just have to do no matter what there are nope. some people you just have to be around no matter what. And we're part of this age group that says, not really. No, not really. <laughs> yeah. it, might even, it might even hurt to not do it for a little bit, exactly. because, but it's better than having to deal with that. It's a hard thing yeah. to understand. It's just funny. It's, it's, it's really ironic. Totally. So then if we're to push this narrative forward, Right. At what point did you really start to set out and like create your own like agency where you or, and like you got to a level where you're speaking and traveling mm -hmm. and being remote? Like, where does that success really kick in for you? What was the what was the thing that turned that around? I mean, you know, I've been, you know, they say there's no overnight successes, right? Like, remember this 2007 is when I started online marketing. OK, so like I I'm not you know, I didn't just start yesterday. I'm not, uh, you know. I'm on the older end of the, the millennials, but <laughs> like, I know, right. Not 40 yet, but you know, um, so this has been a long journey, right? So I did affiliate marketing for a few years while I had a full-time job in sales. And then I just, and I was making money, but it was like peanuts, right? Like I was selling dog products, dating site, like literally like any health products, like it's, it was all affiliate stuff. And then I went to flippa.com. Have you heard of Flippa before? Oh, Flippa yeah. <laughs> you have? Jason, oh, yeah. okay. oh. what do you know about Flippa? Tell me. Oh, I used to buy and flip off of Flippa all the time. 
Really? <laughs> now, now I can talk about Now that. you're in it. You're in it. See, you I knew I had it, to bring man. up Lima. I knew it. I had to bring up. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, so you're a fan. I, I, made some, I made some good money back in, oh, eight, eight nine, okay. somewhere in there. You Around the same up. time. Okay, so what were you what were you flipping then? That's what right. kind of sites, Jason? Were you doing? Oh <laughs> Jesus, whatever I could buy for the cheapest and scale it yeah. quick and flip it around, right? Okay. Survival website. Yes. Um, those were hot then. Yes. They were. They, they were, were hot, like the the preppers, right? Yes, the doomsday preppers. Yeah, doomsday yes. preppers. You buy those little sites that. for like almost oh, no. nothing, right? <laughs> yep. And then I, I had another guy that he did all the stuff you were talking about before that I didn't care he about. Um, <laughs> so he did all that. But then you used to be able to go on Fiverr and buy like 8 million backlinks for like early, that's what I did too. early, yes. early, right. early Fiverr. Yes. Wow. Right. Yes. And you could just buy really backlinks like crazy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then Google came down and put Panda in place and that killed Damn all Google. that. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So there we go. So, yeah. 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 So, you know, Jason and I knew what was up. We were doing that's it at right. the same time. So wow. I literally was doing the same thing, but I was, so I was creating brands from them and I would flip them and I would get them ranked in Google and then I would sell them. And then the people who would buy it started hiring me to do their more websites. So I, I, it was entrepreneurs, like rich entrepreneurs, basically at the luckily, lucky me, I had a Canadian guy that just had a lot of money and he had a lot, a lot of hobbies and he started buying my websites. And he's like, by the way, can you just make these for me? Like I have all these affiliate stuff. I'm into horses. So I did like horse training for him, um, like medical stuff, like tons of stuff for him. And I was kind of a freelancer, but I didn't call myself a freelancer because I didn't even know at the time, you know, well, even like what was what. So I just started working for him. And then that kind of like had my light bulbs go on of like, wait a second, I think I could do this for businesses. Like I'm building out these websites for this guy on WordPress. I'm getting them ranked in Google. He's paying me for this. Um, I could do this for companies. And so that's when I was, when I was uh, home improvement sales in Kansas City, that's when I started talking to business owners and they were complaining about, you know, I was just asking them questions like, Hey, what do you do for your website? What do you do for SEO? Like, I'm just trying to learn here, local business wise. And they were complaining and bitching about how terrible their SEO guys are and how they're ripping them off and how they're not ranked at all, how their websites are crap, how they know they're getting ripped off. And I was like, okay, I think I can do this. So I went to Google and I typed in um, Kansas City chiropractor or Overland Park chiropractor. It was the suburb I lived in in Kansas City. And I went and I found chiropractors for some reason. I was like, wanted to get in the medical right away. Like I had the home improvement stuff and I ended up doing that, but I was like fascinated by like the medical industry too, which fast forward years later, I've, I spent a good chunk of mod girls, um, clients have been in healthcare, um, not so much anymore, but in the past, like a lot of mod girls revenue came from healthcare companies. So I was just fascinated with the healthcare world. Um, so I started Googling chiropractors in these cities and I would email them cold email people that were on page two and three. And I would email them and I say, Hey, Mandy here from Overland Park. I noticed that your website is on page two in Google for Overland Park chiropractor. You know, no one's seen your website, right? Um, I can get you in the top three results. You don't have to pay me anything. I'll do it for free. And once I get you in the top three, you pay me $500. And it worked. And that's how I got my first client. And then he hired me to do a website. And then I started talking to roofers that I knew for my home improvement. And then uh, I got one of them and I offered the same thing. And he's like, sure, it worked. He's like, can you do my website? Yep. 
Well, then he told his friend who happened to own a roofing company and a recording studio company. And I love all things music. I come from a family of musicians also. And so I was like, this is awesome. And so he paid me to do both of his websites, redo them and WordPress. And then he paid me to do the SEO. And then before I knew it, I had a business. I was like, oh shit, I think, I think I'm onto something here. And it was just word of mouth. And that's literally how Mod Girl was born. And then I was able to, you know, quit my job and it was all local marketing. So for many, many years, I did local marketing in the Kansas city area before I started national, you know, how, where I'm at now. So it was very hyper-specific local. I didn't even need a website. I literally didn't even have like, it was a terrible landing page. Like I didn't even need one back in the day because hardly anyone was doing this. And I was, um, it was hard for people to trust me though. It was like, a, I, I look young now, but I really, really looked young when I was 22, you know? So I'm out there up against these 45 year old men that are SEO guys and I'm this young female. And so they kind of like wrote me off some of them at first, but then when I proved myself and like, I'm like, look, I just ranked these websites at the top of Google and my websites are badass. These websites look like crap. Look, look at my website. It's so much better. And that's where mod girl came from. Honestly, modern is mod. And I want people to know that I'm a girl for one, because I was up against all dudes and that I'm legit. So mod is modern because all my shit, all my branding and my websites were like pristine and all these other ones were crap. They were just templates, you know? And so that's when I was like, I'm going to brand myself as a mod girl. And that's literally how it got started. And then the rest just evolved into what I'm doing now. Um, but that's like the short version of like the very beginning infancy stages of mod girl. That's, that's badass, And I think, I think it really does. It's just a great story for anyone who's like on the edges there and wondering like, Oh, I, I, I have a flair for design, but I don't go for it. Like you just got to go for it and see what's currently working that people are underutilizing. Cause at the time nobody was doing local SEO. Nobody right. was taking advantage of the fact that Google really hooked it up back then. If you ran ads locally for zip codes and like in the area, I mean, yep. the list goes on to all the tactics you could have offered people uh, to help. Like, I, I remember, right? I remember going to like liquor stores and little barbershops doing all the same things. All of them were like, sure. Yes. And I was bilingual. So I started hitting oh, up all the, all the hair salons. Of just Hell yeah. people. So, so I, get it. I get it. I get it. Um, it. It was a real hustle. And obviously times have changed. Like even WordPress isn't what it used to be. There's like Webflow now and all these tools. But I think it's a really interesting journey that you've had. And it just goes to show like when somebody really wants to make something happen, they will. You make it happen. Yep, exactly. Really, really really will. And exactly. uh, I know that a lot of people out there, like they're like watching Ty Lopez and like it's no different than all the names that nobody knew back then that you were like buying their courses yep. and they would give you affiliate links and then you, you could even just sell the course. And exactly. That was how you made money. It yes. was a, it's a, it was a crazy time. And there's still people who think that's still like valuable and still relevant. And to some degree it is, but not really. I think the time yeah, not as much. There's too much it's free content. So much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. There wasn't all this free content back then. Like you had to pay for it. People weren't, there's some people, you know, that were uh, YouTubers that I would fall back in the day, but you're right. Like it is, there is so much free content out there now that the course world in general has changed. And I, I did, I have courses, right. And for three years I was in the course world from like 2016 to or 2017 to t- early 2020, or I quit right before the pandemic actually, um, because I was just getting burnt out. But even the course world has changed dramatically for like, that's the thing with our world. And I'm very like ADD, ADHD, high energy, and I have to be like stimulated all the time. So I chose the best profession because it, everything is changing 
so fast in digital marketing, you know? And it's like a lot of this is timing too. So for those of you also who are, you know, wanting to get out there and do something, you really got to look at the trends and the timing and what's happening and what's popular and what's not. Because like, like to your point of like we timing, like when you and I started out, it was a lot of timing. Like people weren't doing these things and it was great timing and we were able to capitalize on that. But now good luck trying to be a local SEO company right now. Like, <laughs> hell no. I would never recommend that to anyone. It's brutal out there, right? Yeah. Like it's changed so much. So you also have to be smart about it. Like it is about your passion and what you love doing, but you also really have to pay attention to the market, the trends, the competition, where things are going, where things are heading, because it is very, very timely, the market that we're in. Yeah. We're in the web three era, whether you enjoy yeah. it or not. <laughs> totally. Yeah. No, we totally are. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, no, I'm I'm a big fan of what you know. Actually, we had Rand Fishkin on here. Uh, oh, I love last, Rand. Yeah, last week, and cool. uh, you know, Moz SEO was like, come yeah, on, if you were in marketing, for sure. you, yeah. And now, no Moz. Yeah, he was talking about Spark Toro, his new stuff, and so yeah, th- there's there's so many exciting things happening, and I think you chose the right path with the energy and the personality you have to be in marketing, to be on the cutting edge of things, to be able to be excited about it when you're talking to people about it. That's that totally. just goes hand in hand with personality and the path that you chose. So, what are you doing now that we should know about, and how can people connect yeah. to you? So now I am. I'm the LinkedIn girl, right? So I'm LinkedIn ninja. So my focus now is training sales teams on how to capitalize on the power of LinkedIn, how to how to land meetings consistently, how to grow their personal brands. So I work with a lot of tech sales teams. That's kind of my jam. So I have an amazing uh, training program called the Modern Social Seller, and I'm pretty much all in on LinkedIn social selling. Uh, so to connect with me, obviously LinkedIn is the best. Uh, my name, Mandy McEwen, but I'm active on every social media channel at Mandy Mod Girl. Uh, but yeah, if you want to know how to grow your personal brand and uh, you know really capitalize on the power of LinkedIn, I share a lot of awesome content on that. And that is my main jam today. And people should know if they learned anything from this call so far, if you're into LinkedIn right now, that's the place where people need to be paying attention to. And yes. why I try to figure it out when I know you already figured it out. That's right. That's you know why it. you're in the game. So just realize <laughs> this is somebody who's serially been able to do this. That the perfect thing to do is to observe that behavior and then just save yourself the headache and work with Mandy. I, I already That's know right. just based off what I've heard so far. Before we go any further, because there's a few things that we, we have left to ask, I want to check in with Jason. <laughs> what are your reflections on this? Flip Jason. What's up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the 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 really neat thing about you know listening and being able to listen through this whole thing is it really lends to how people adapt right and cuz adaptability is extremely important in business period right and a lot of times people don't even realize they're in a business until they're actually in it sometimes and yes. And and that's kind of what happened to you, but that look what it birthed. That's the cool yeah. thing about it, right? Is it like mm-hmm. birthed something that can be generational, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, for me, it's all about generational things, right? Generational things. It's about footprint. It's about all of those things. That's where I am in my life anyway, um, is, is those leaving those kind of impacts and you know, we need people like you and Philip, you guys jive talking about a whole bunch of stuff that I don't really know a lot about, but, um, but we need that more of that in today's world to teach the older generation 
that there are other ways of doing things, right? Philip get along so damn well because, you know, I bring the little more sage to older way of things. And then he brings the new technology and all that stuff. And we put that together and it's like an explosion, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And that's why it works so well. And we need more pairings like that in the world to where you smash the old tech with high tech and, or, or just, you know, there's nothing wrong with the old way of doing things, but then you couple all the beautiful technology with that. And that just enhances it times 10. Right. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, so that's what I would want people to take from this conversation is be willing to step outside of that box. If you're an old geezer and you're stuck in your ways, which I'm not that person, by the way, um, I'm very much not stuck in any ways. I don't get married to shit um, ever. (laughs) I just don't. (laughs) I don't. I don't get. I don't get married to things at all. Um, And because I don't think you can as a successful business owner anyway. Agree. Um, Agree. And but if we can take and 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 take some of these generational gaps and bring them together a little better, to say, here's my experience. Here's my experience. Let's put those together and make them more powerful because that's the shit that's going to change the world, right? Totally. And totally. quit having these conversations. Well, I'm a Gen X. Well, I'm a Gen Z. Who gives a it shit? It doesn't matter. It Who doesn't cares? freaking matter. Yes. Who no, cares? I'm so I'm so glad you mentioned that, Jason, because honestly, like I I blend both old school and new school. I am all about yeah. being a human, being a real freaking human being. The basis of all of my training is teaching people how to be humans again and how to connect to connect on a human level, mm-hmm. how to actually help people and provide value and not just be an annoying robot on social media. Like that is what I do. I preach this every single day. So uh, my uh, my business, like I take old school, like face to face, like the back in the day when like, we didn't have this, like sales reps were selling face to face, right? We need to get back to that mentality of like treating people like we're face to face and not just behind a computer screen. And so I love that you mentioned that because my entire business model is literally blending the two of like humanizing people and the brands and like being real human beings and taking it back old school. And we didn't even have technology when we just talked to each other, you know, like mm-hmm. heaven forbid you have a com- normal conversation with people, you know, right. like we've been so like digitized and everything that some people forget how to even communicate. And that's really sad when you're in sales and you don't even know how to properly communicate with people online, you know? And so I love that you mentioned that it really is blending the two together and you have a perfect harmony when you do that. Yeah. Well, and here's another thing too, like somebody on LinkedIn and I won't even mention, I don't even know who it was, but anyway, they were like, Hey, let's jump on a seven minute call. And I was like, (laughs) okay, hold on. (laughs) (laughs) what in the hell are we going to accomplish in seven minutes other than you pitching a product? Uh Maybe, maybe there's time to even do that. Right. Um, Right. Because there, there is, even in my opinion, there is nothing good that's going to come out of a 20 minute phone call. Typically. Right. Right. I mean, you have to be able to invest the time, right? I, my schedule is 30 minutes. It always ends up going an hour and a half every time <laughs> because it's a meaningful conversation, right? Uh-huh. But I only have meaningful conversations. And as a matter of fact, I don't even have phone calls anymore. 
uh, if you're not, if you don't come on the podcast so I can get to know you, I won't even talk to you. I love <laughs> so, that. I love that. No, that's perfect. So, cause then I can make a decision on whether or not I want to move a relationship forward with somebody or not. Totally. Right? Yeah. Cause I think totally. they're cool. They're kick-ass. They do good things. Mm-hmm. They're out to change the world. Like me and Philip are, mm-hmm. I can get on that bus can't get on the bus where you're going to try to talk to me for seven minutes. So it's nothing. No. There well, and that's the thing, like the number one thing I tell people is like, do not ask to get on a call with people, period. Until you've yeah. built up that relationship, like the, your first message should not be get on a call. And I'm dying at the seven minute thing, by the way, I've never heard a seven minute <laughs> thing. I've heard of like five minute and 10 minute, but that's a good one. Seven minutes. Like how random, like what? It's like the seven touch rule. I don't know. Oh uh, my God. Yeah, maybe. man. Uh, so no, annoying. It's, it's real. I mean, there are people, I mean, I could just go through my LinkedIn and there are just like, sometimes I don't even know like how they even think this is going to work, you know, like, I don't either like, Hey, uh, I saw that you live in the same city as me. I thought we should connect a little more context, you know, cause I'm looking at you and like you and I are not even remotely in the same industry that I I can't see any immediate crossover and, you know, I'll connect with them. And they're like, actually, I have a mobile app that I would love to be able to develop for you. And I'm like, come on, man, come on, man. And I'm not, I'm not trying to go through menus just to unfollow you or what have you. It's just, it's mm-hmm. really bad. It's really bad. Um, it is. I it's don't terrible. I, I, people, and that's why I do what I do, you know, because when you do what I'm training people to do, they instantly stand out in the inbox because people are abusing LinkedIn and spamming people just like what you two mentioned, you know? And so when you do it the right way and you're an actual human being and you're just having a conversation with people and you're calling out something like personal or whatever, but they're, you're going to stand out, you know, because it's unfortunate that all of our inboxes are full of just junk. On I got it. I got it. Here's an idea, right? If you had a mobile app that you, if you knew you could develop mobile apps for people and you were on LinkedIn, how would you first approach someone? <laughs> how would I first approach someone if I want, um, not mention nothing about the mobile app, I would go and I would engage with their content. Yeah. Like you don't even mention the mobile app because if your profile is optimized, like it should be, you don't even have to sell yourself. Exactly. Your profile does. And if they're interested, cool. Otherwise you just start a conversation, you know, like it's, you don't even have to mention the mobile app. (laughs) How many people slide directly into the DMS when they haven't even interacted with the content to show that they know who you are. They've taken so many like, come yeah. on. And so my process literally is like my friendly leader method is literally starting. If they're posting content, you have got to be engaged with the content before you even send a connection request, right? You have to be liking, you have to be commenting. Like, and if they're not posting content, are they commenting on other people's stuff? Look at their activity. And if they're not doing any of that, find something else on their profile that you can personalize, go to the company page. Like you have to do a little bit of research that takes like 20 seconds before you send that connection request, but hardly anyone is doing that. Like you know? LinkedIn is not... Instagram or Facebook. These right. are actually people who can potentially bring money into your yes. bottom line and you vice versa. Mm-hmm. These are real professionals. Are there people there who shouldn't be on LinkedIn? Probably, but only because they haven't gotten their career where it needed to be, right? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it's one of the only networks that still holds some real value aside from Twitter just being a hodgepodge of political <laughs> craziness, clickish craziness. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're into clicks and poli- political things, you'll Twitter is for you. <laughs> right. Uh, no, I, I think this has been a really valuable conversation, especially about how to bring humanity back to digital interactions, because there are people out there who swear that 
just because they sell advertising on a social network doesn't mean you're supposed to be advertising at all times on a social network. Could you imagine exactly. you showing up to a dinner party and everyone you talk to is like, hey, here you go. Here's my card. Buy my thing right now. Thanks. <laughs> uh, we should have like, <laughs> come on. I, exactly. here, here, here's a little bit of my inside my brain with all that stuff. And I know this conversation is going long, but all the good ones do. Um, <laughs> I don't mind. The my approach to it, because well, Forbes asked me, how do you operate in the new digital environment? And I said, you treat LinkedIn just like the golf course. I love that. I love that. Yep. Don't make it any other way than as if that person that you're going to have that interaction with is if you guys are out having a beer. I don't play golf. I suck at it, but I'll drop a ball by theirs. <laughs> Um, and drink scotch. I don't though. either. <laughs> so, I but, love it. But but the point is, is if we, you know, the art of the deal, right? right. And doing yes. things the old-fashioned way, you can take the old-fashioned way and still use it in technology, right? Yeah, you sh- we should actually right? do that. So, like that's the right way to do it. You know, so it's, how it's the how is that survives? Right. Yeah. How how am I going? How does it? How does that work? Well, okay. Well, I go down to the country club and I'm sitting there having a meal, and there's some other guy. I go up to the bar and, you know, I order a drink. I said, "Hey, nice, nice, uh, nice to see you in the club. I don't think I've met you before, right?" You start to have a conversation. Holy shit! You can do the same thing on LinkedIn, right? <laughs> yes. And then you start to build the relationship from there. So. Some totally. people on LinkedIn need a drink before they reach out to people. <laughs> I know <laughs> they do. They That's totally true. do. Oh my it, god, I love that. Help them relax a little and for just take sure. the foot off the gas just a little bit. No, for sure. This- no, that to your point though, like Jason, I have a real quick story. So. Uh, something similar. So I was on a guy's uh, profile and now we're really good friends and working together, but he, he was an influencer in the tech space. And I, I wanted to connect with him. And I saw that he was with his dog in Mendocino County. And I've lived in California for 10 years. And this was last year. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I was just in Fort Bragg with my dog. Like I love Cooper's adorable. And that's all I said in the connection message. And he responded back, wow, you're the first person in the last few thousand that's taken the time to even look at anything <laughs> on my profile. And it was about a dog, you guys. And now we're working together and he's probably going to bring me so much business. And it was literally because I was like, oh my gosh, I saw you with your dog. So was I. That's it. We didn't even talk about business in the beginning. And like, what do you know? Now we're good friends and we're working together and like a lot's going to come from it. Like yeah. just exactly like what you mentioned, Jason, like just like mm-hmm. you're at a golf club. It's the same thing. Right. That's exactly. I feel like people forget we really do vote with our dollars. Right. And so when we do business with people who are assholes or who are salesy and they get to Mm -hmm. stay afloat in business because people are supporting their pitches, you know, that ruins it for the entire marketplace. I talk about this all the time. It's like we're decision makers. We should only promote those people, you know, upvote those people who are really taking the time to bring that human side to things. Because totally if I like hanging out with you. You better believe I'm going to do business with you because when you do business, exactly. with people, it's going to be for a long time. Hopefully nobody wants to start all over again and start, you know, everybody right. wants to be in business with people for as long as they possibly can. That's the yeah. whole game. Totally. Yet, there are people out there who are ready to make transactions and get out as soon as they can. And it's like, wow, mm-hmm. 
That's a really yeah. It's just a different mentality. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's why I literally have like I call it the friendly leader method because I am literally of the notion that like all of the people I work with are my friends. I consider them my friends. Like I would be able to hang out with these clients that I work with. Like not you know not the whole team, but there's someone on the team that I vibe so well with on every single company I work with that I would have no problem going and having drinks with and hanging out. That's how I do business. Like I have to connect with you on a human level before I do that. And so to your point of like yeah, like we're in this for the long haul. Like we're not. It's not transactional. Like we are human beings and we all crave that connection and we want to do business with people we like period, you know? So I think things are shifting though. Like, I think the people like you mentioned, Philip, like let's let's quit giving those, you know, those spammers, those annoying people, the, you know, the ammo to do this, but I think it's slowly they're, they're going to fade out. I think it's just a matter of time. Like the market is shifting. There's still a lot of them. Yes. But I think as time goes on, more and more people are adopting what us three are talking about right now. And I think we're going to see fewer and fewer of the the actual like legit people doing that. You're always going to have the sketchy spammers. Those are never going away. (laughs) But I feel like with more people like me educating sales teams on this and how to be humans and just the way things are shifting in general with our world and how we are craving authenticity, I think it's changing. I really do. I think it's going to change. Wow. You know, it's funny. I never thought about this, right? I'm always asking myself, this is just happening out loud where I'm always like, okay, you know, I do podcasting. I have interesting conversations with people. You know, I do some digital marketing on the side. I'm doing all that. But it never occurred to me when I'm asking myself, what's a real problem that I want to solve? Because I ask myself this every day. Mm-hmm. There's a real problem with the way people are communicating with each other when it comes to sales. And I just heard you do what you do. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's one way to solve the problem is educate people. <laughs> yeah. You know, that that's a valid way to solve that problem. And I totally. don't know why it took me until just now to like to realize, yeah, that's how you use. Because you know, for me, when it comes to teaching and courses, and sometimes I get like, oh, I don't ever want to be, I don't want ever want guru or <laughs> or any of those words yes. to hit anywhere on my profile. So I've always been very careful <laughs> about courses and things of that nature. But when I see for the health of the marketplace, for the well-being of everyone in business, if you can have conversations like we're having now where we impact someone and make them realize, oh, that's not how people uh, use LinkedIn. Yeah, it's not. And there's <laughs> there's better ways to do it. I'm beginning to see the power of having these conversations into these educations. So if people do want Good. to get a hold of you, I want to reiterate again, where can they go? Yep. Um, Mandy Modgirl on any social network and then Mandy McEwen on LinkedIn. And then, yeah, my, my websites are modgirlmarketing.com, but everything's linked up on, on social. So pick your poison on whatever social media network is your favorite. You will find me on it. Awesome. Okay. And then if you had any bottom line advice, like, Hey, if you're really serious about getting into business in general, what would you say to people? Find people doing exactly what you want to do and befriend them and learn as much as you possibly can from them. I would not be where I am today without mentors that were so gracious with their time when I first started out. And even now, um, you can't do this alone. People are very friendly and more than happy to help. A lot of people are. LinkedIn is a great place for that. It's a very warming community. So don't ever go at anything alone. Like There are plenty of people out there you can learn from. You can follow them. You can reach out to them. They could be your mentor, even if they don't know they're your mentor. <laughs> you know what I mean? But also make friends with people too. Like Befriend people who are doing what you're trying to do. You know, So learn from people that might not realize you're learning from them, but also actually reach out to people. So like you, there's a follow button on LinkedIn and there's a connect button. I always tell people, even if someone's an influencer and they have lots of followers, please go ahead and click the drop down and send them a connection request and customize it and say how much you appreciate them and their content and tell them what you're doing because you would be surprised 
surprised how many people that have lots of followers would actually respond to that. And a lot of people aren't capped out on their LinkedIn connections and you wouldn't know that, but they have loads of followers. So, and this goes for anything, even any social media network, never be afraid to reach out to someone at all, because the worst that can happen is they just don't respond to you, but you will be shocked at how many people that you think that wouldn't actually will respond to you. And people, a lot of people are more than happy, you know, to uh, at least point you in the right direction or give you some tips. And so just have the confidence to go out there and make those connections. It really is like your network is your net worth. I know that you've probably heard that a trillion times, but it's so true. It, and that's why I love LinkedIn so much. It is all about relationship building and connections. So that's my my main thing is build those relationships. I love it. I'm picking LinkedIn's up a golf course. That, that's yes. Hey, <laughs> exactly. Yes. So the new golf course. This is a perfect it time is. before we ask the last question of the show, right? The grand finale is a perfect time to just give a huge shout out to somebody that made this conversation in particular possible because we are, we do have limited slots and we give these to key people in our community who are avid listeners of the show and they want to be a part of it and help magnify and reach, uh, magnify our reach and us theirs. And so Cyberpreneur Inferno, if you haven't heard of it, start Googling it. This is Kelly Gordon. And she's essentially developed something that can help you break free from the burnout cycle that is entrepreneurship when you're running an agency, if you chose that path, right? In like a hundred days, she can get you set right. And all you have to do is remember that you assumed you were going to start an agency and have way more time and less worries <laughs> about money only to find out you have no time, no time, and lots of bills. <laughs> and you're like, what just happened? A bull yes. in a China shop. Everywhere you look, there's a problem. You could spend 10,000 hours trying to figure this out yourself, or you can join up with Kelly Gordon and Cyberpreneur Inferno. She's got a little community of people actually kicking ass every day, and they can put you on the same path to kicking ass. All you have to do is go, now this is going to be an interesting URL, but go to get.cyberpreneurinferno.com forward slash 4x4 method, right? Get.cyberpreneurinferno.com forward slash four by four method and tell them the war room sent you by typing in war room 15 and you'll get 15% off this tuition uh, discount as you, as you know, they go down. So now let's wrap this up by coming back to the grand finale, which we are long overdue for, but this was totally a conversation that was worth having. Okay. Mandy, if you could have invited anybody. And I mean anybody to this conversation today, to hear everything we just talked about, to hear about your story, even from those days when you were sitting there fixing houses and this and that really young to where you are now, right? Where now you're fixing up people on LinkedIn. That's right. What, what, who and what would prompt you to invite them? Why would you invite someone here and specifically them? Yeah. Well, you just, you just said it, right? So how, you know, the, a lot of, I contribute where I am today is my grandpa. So I am sitting in his condo right now, my late grandfather in Hawaii, in Kona, Hawaii. I'm so grateful for that opportunity too. But he's taught me a lot about uh, entrepreneurship and hard work and work ethic. And he's very proud of what I've accomplished um, before he passed a couple of years ago. So I would 100% say my my grandpa, John, for sure. Hey, shout out to John, for real. Uh, I'm so grateful that you stopped by to bring that energy. I'm 
I'm not usually this like energetic, but when I get around <laughs> someone that is, it just like, I can't help it because I know where it's coming from. And I'm like, yeah, totally. I just get hyped, Good. you know, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like the consummate hype man for anything that I do. You know what I mean? So yes. uh, it just takes somebody. I don't have any other level. Like this is, I operate on one level. Like it's high energy, right? I don't even drink uh, caffeine. So uh, if I'm on camera at 5 a.m., I'm literally this hyped all the time. So, funny. you know, I mean, it's a good thing, but sometimes it's maybe not a good thing. So, yeah. but I'm glad you appreciate it. <laughs> no, I know where it's coming from and it's it's needed in the world. Uh, it really is because uh, too many people have their guard up. And one way to make pe- to help people relax is to be the first one to do something obscene or, or crazy, what they would consider crazy when really it's yes. just, yeah, let go, let loose, have some fun. Totally. This is fun. Yeah. And exactly. I forget that a lot, especially when I'm alone, which is why it was important what you said about get mentors, make friends in your industry, get out. There were so yes. many gems in this and I'm, it's tradition here for Jason to close out. So I'm just going to say it was really nice meeting you, hearing your story and being able to partake in some of those lessons. But now I'm going to let Jason close this out. Yeah. Likewise. All the really, really good conversations like blow over the 30 minutes by like... <laughs> totally blow it over right um and this one was one of those um and you know uh, we had somebody today say don't ever let somebody interrupt your what was that saying oh yeah she said part of the reason she became an entrepreneur was because she was working at a human resources office and her direct manager right the, the guy who ran the company was like you're a little too happy and bouncy today you want to tone that down a bit yeah, yeah. And she said, no. she said, I would yeah. never from that day forward let anyone ever tell me how to walk. How yeah. that I need to change yeah, yeah. my walk. I yeah. love that. That was amazing. That was it. So that that's my point. Let me bring that back around because I couldn't remember <laughs> what it was. But but my point is is the energy, right? Yeah. Don't let anybody ever suck that out of you. I mean, because that we need that kind of energy in this world right now. And you know, energy is, that's everything and everything that we do. I, I wake up every, I mean, my jazz might be a little different than, you know, yours or Phillips or anybody else's, but, but, you know, I wake up every morning, super excited to do the things that I do every day. And we just all have a different way of expressing that, but I love your energy. It's, uh, you Good, know, you. Uh, it's very effervescent. There's my big word. Ooh, I like it. I like that word. <laughs> it's amazing. It's uh, bright. That, that is bub- an apt description. Yeah. 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 Bright, bubbly, and effervescent. Somebody told me I was that oh, one thanks. time. I was like, you kid, right? <laughs> you think I'm bright? As they bubbly, see the and guns and everything. <laughs> I know. I love your background, by the way. I was going to tell you that. I love it. It's awesome. Uh, well, someday I can tell you the story about all those pieces back there. <laughs> yeah, I would love uh, that. They, they like are Tropic real. Thunder. I don't know what it's <laughs> yeah. called. I just know the sound it makes. Yeah, that's right. I'm just a dude. I'm just a dude playing a dude trying to act like another dude. <laughs> oh man i love it well hey thank you mandy this was a fantastic conversation and what an awesome way to end our day right here so thank you very much so glad yeah thank you guys for having me it was fun see you next time all right cheers (laughs) cheers Thanks for listening to the War Room Roundtable with your hosts, Jason Miller and Philip Lanos. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get
get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates. And always remember, if you can dream it and believe it, then you can go achieve it. We'll see you in the next episode.